0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 146 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Omega Fields, the world's best Omega-3 supplements for horses. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network, and today we come from some exotic locales. We've got Windsor Castle in England, and we're also in Ground Zero in India for Mahdi's Concepts of General Training with our newly certified instructor, Manjeev Chaudhary. This is Debbie Laux, and you're listening to Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship radio airs on the first and the fifteenth of the month, as it
2: has for a long time now, right, producer Jen? It, that is correct. And if I look at the notes, I know this will be the one hundred and forty-sixth time that it is on either the first or the fifteenth of the month. You asked this is our second take, folks. Little inside. Scoop. This is our second taste <laughs> because Debbie said it's been going for how many Jen? And I went, duh. <laughs> uh, uh, 96? <laughs> 96? <laughs> a lot. It doesn't seem like that long. It just seems like oh. yesterday that we got started on this whole thing. Oh, my gosh. I have so many subjects I still want to cover. I think
1: 146? Oh, I still have to do X, Y, and Z. So everybody should be giving me lots of, of suggestions. You know, please send in your suggestions to our Facebook page or get me at Debbie at com because I love getting into new territory. But I already have a long list, too. And you'd be amazed at how many different different ways there are to talk about horses. Well, well that's the gen- thing
2: is we've got, you know, more than a dozen shows on the network. Yeah, and that, each and each like one that. is a, you know, slightly different personality, different topics, and we never nothing ever gets repeated.
1: <laughs> I know. It's it's always different. It's like the Q&As that come to Dad to Monty Roberts. You know, Dad said well, we were going to run out of Q&As you know, years ago, like like he thought there was only 52 that existed like a deck of cards, but we have now 800 and they're very personal to people. You know, when they ask about their horse, there's that take, you know, it's, it's in a different environment It's with different skill sets, you know, different things. So, Hey, keep your Q and A's coming because they're all personal to you and your horse. And we, you know, literally dad answers every single one of those that we publish and Everyone has its own personal take on it. So I get to choose them and he gets to pick the ones that finally go in. Mm-hmm. So there's very, very few repeats, it, you know, it's just a different angle at it. You can
2: find you can find those on the website, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can go on MontyRobertsUniversity.com and all the Q&As are there. Back to 2004. Can you believe that? We have wow. not missed a Wednesday since 2004. That's when we publish the new ones every time. Every Wednesday. So if you go out, Oh, you need to put
2: an mm, alert on your on your phone. That's true. <laughs> They're out. Get <laughs> it. I know. I wish we had an
1: app. We're not when we we grow up like the Horse Radio Network, we'll put an app. There, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, but this episode is kind of representative of the why we get so many exotic Q&As and everything too. We've got Dad, Monty, at Windsor Castle and all the things that are going on there between horse demonstrations and his tour, of course, and everybody, you know, their horses is, you know, the epicenter of their question. And then we've got India where we've got a new certified instructor, the first one in India thus far. And he's got a fascinating background and fascinating story. He really isn't, it isn't his whole life he spent with horses. So he really well, he did this out of love. His wife it, was into horses. So it's a that's great the story. ultimate
2: horse husband right there. It is. It wow. really is. That's pretty cool. And we're going to hear from Manjeev Chaudhry, which has the best name ever. And we're going to hear from him right after this from our sponsor, Omega Fields. At Flag is Up Farms, we've used Omega Fields horse shine for
1: years and we love the results. And we're not the only ones. Lena Fittiment has this to say about her experience with Omega Horseshine. I was first introduced to Horseshine about 10 years ago by another rider at my barn who used it for her horses and loved it too. Her horses were in such good condition, coat, feet, mane, tail, I decided I had to have a try. I started my horse on it and haven't looked back since. Horseshine is such a great all-around supplement and helps with more than just shine although it makes the horses so shiny it's so palatable and i find the horses eat it readily and they lick their bowls clean i've always kept my horses on it since i was first introduced they always look so good and i always have people comment on how shiny they are we'll always be happy members of the horse shine family Manjeev Chaudhary is passionate about horses and their well-being. He and his wife, Charlotte, have both spent extensive periods learning at the Monty Roberts International School in California, as well as worked with horses all over the world, from Mongolia to Argentina, New Zealand, South Africa, and the U.K., Real animal lovers, they live with rescued cats and dogs, nine at the latest count, and are involved with the local NGOs, non-governmental organizations, to help with rescued horses too. Manjeev is the first natural horsemanship trainer certified by Monty Roberts in Asia. From wild Mustangs in California to young thoroughbred horses in India about to start their racing career, Manjeev works diligently to empower the horses with the tools, ability, and confidence to face the life ahead of them. He helps owners understand their horses better and to rehabilitate trauma in horses. Well, welcome, Manjeev Chowdhury. I'm so happy to have you alone, actually, on this interview. I think the last time we spoke, you were part of the internship and helping teach the advanced course students. Am I right?
0: Indeed, indeed. Thank you very much, Debbie. It's a pleasure to be with you. and Yeah, it's it's an immense pleasure to be a part of our internship and been working with the farm.
1: Well, you... You're doing a really great job. You've been here for the summer. And when did you first get here this summer in May I came. It's, and
0: May. it's been almost three months now.
1: Almost three months. And you're here another month, really.
0: One more month. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. You're doing a great job. You've really been exposed to a lot of different programs and courses and classes that we've had over these few months. May 5th. So you came in right kind of on. Top of the motivational interviewing, were you a part of that?
0: No, just after. Unfortunately, I just missed that. I wish I would have been there too. Well, have, well, we'll I started have you... with the first Horsens and Healing. Yeah.
1: Very good. That's right. You have now been through two Horsens and Healings this summer, yeah. which is fantastic that we've had you there too. And I'd like to get into that a little bit later too about the extension to people. Uh, and working with these concepts. But I think everybody can hear a bit of an accent there coming from <laughs> Munchie. <Lime laughs> <Eve. laughs> and, and you're very quiet and respectful about everything that you've done. But you really have worked in many, many different countries. You've had experience in U.S. and New Zealand and South Africa and Argentina and U.K. and Mongolia and Mozambique and India. So in case we don't cover all those today, I just wanted to get that list in.
0: <laughs> no, it is. It's correct. It's correct. I been. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be been Iran and working with the different horses. Uh, I would say now when we are in this farm, different teachers I learned from and in different places, we call it countries now, mm-hmm. it, was, it was very nice. I've been very fortunate to learn from all these uh, places. And you're right. All these places, you counted all good. There's nothing missing in it.
1: Mm. Oh, good! I caught them all. Huh? Very good. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure it's not the end of your list to come. You're a young man, married young man who has a woman in his life who also love horses. So, um, and apparently,
0: I, advanced student too. So, and,
1: <laughs> and an yeah. advanced student too, which you know is my dream team here. And so I wanted to get a little background on your horsemanship, though. How did you first come to love horses?
0: Oh, my God, that's a long story, but I would like to try and keep it very small. Mm -hmm. 2013 was the first time I came to Flaggatha Farm, and that was the first time I actually picked up the hind leg of the horse.
3: Mm -hmm. That's incredible.
0: I stopped breathing the first time somebody asked me to just go and clean the hind feet. It wasn't very easy for me before that i was working in singapore with my wife uh, having our corporate jobs so probably i sat twice because she insisted she was a polo player and she still plays she insisted me why don't you just come and experience riding but that was the fright for my life Mm. i said okay fine i can try i tried twice but wasn't there because the scare was too big and then Mm. actually i enjoyed the ride that was the first time i came here and started learning about horses so it's been six years i hooked on I must say that it's, it's the best thing I've done so far in life because I've done different kind of jobs. But the satisfaction you get by while working with the animals, and we do work with horses and dogs and cats. Mm-hmm. We work with their rescue plans and stuff. Mm-hmm. But last six years has been so much uh, incremental learning for me in my life.
3: It's incredible. I'm uh, glad it, that
0: I did it.
1: it yeah, I'm glad you did it too. I'm so glad you picked up that hind hoof in 2013 <laughs> it's a blessing to horses the world over yes and i know they've been a blessing to you too but what what is it that about polo players that makes them so beautiful your wife is just gorgeous and i don't know i don't think i know a polo player that isn't so is it the lifestyle or is it that uh, you know everybody looks good on a horse
0: polo is yes it's a lifestyle definitely so it's just a hobby and if you want to continue it and it's a high adrenaline sport so people those like to be excited all the time and do all those exciting things. Polo mm-hmm. is the best thing for them it's like skiing or speed boarding motorboat on the water. Mm-hmm. Yes it's a very nice thing because I would say like we all polo players we say that this is the closest how you can be with the animal because the animal is running at a full speed in a herd stopping turning and he's not alone. He mm-hmm. has other animals in the herd. Yeah, So it's the question of how you be on top. So you just want to be a good passenger when these horses are doing their job.
1: Yeah. Is, it, is it odd that there is such a pro-am to that? Because these horses can be ridden by some of the top horsemen on earth, really great polo players. And then you, you get the guy who rides on the weekend or something, you know, your, your amateur who is able to play with them, your p- patron, your sponsor of that. Is that. How do you help them? so that they are a better passenger on the horse
0: horses first of all the polo trained horses are the fantastic animal because they are very very experienced and very understanding so you can give anybody any amateur rider a polo experienced horse horse will do not let this guy fright because of his so agile fast and very very quick so they are such an experienced animal, the way they train. It's like when you ask them to do stuff, they do it. And when you just ask them to be quiet, they are as good as any safari horse or endurance horse who can just go for a pleasure trail ride. But yes, definitely these horses also learn the way we know. They, they're they very fast learner. They learn good things quick and the bad thing faster than good things. So we need to reset them. If there is anything which we observe when we give our horses to any amateur rider and we see that certain things are not going the way it's supposed to be, the way the horse has been trained, the next morning we reset those things and tell horses, no, that was a mistake, this is the right way. It was not something which we asked yesterday to do, correct the behavior on the next day. But yes, you need to go back and forth every time with those
1: horses. So you're always correcting. So. When you say reset, you mean retraining. You're you're actually
0: yeah, correcting, just, uh, just correcting and uh, correcting that particular movement. Because when yeah. we are riding on top of horse, we do certain things when we are not balanced and pull the horse left, right, or do certain things which is not supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. The next day, we just do it in a correct way how it's supposed to be done. So yeah. The horse doesn't get into habit.
1: Hey, I love I love how. I love the demeanor of polo horses. As a rule, they and I think I can generalize this pretty well. But you know, if you if you have some high-end dressage horses, which I'm sure you've you've been around, you can you know a lot of people say they're bubble wrapped, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're taken well care of, and that people worry about them and they fret and they would you know be careful about every time they lead them from here to there. But you could see a string of polo ponies. Taken by one groom, tied together, eight of them perhaps, or something, and just.
0: I would say it's all about training. Good for you. Because most of the time, these polo horses, X race horses, and we know race horses just been taught to open the gate and run. Yeah. From the race horse to a polo pony, it's all about training. So I think the Dussage horses can also be trained that way, but I'm sure what happens in a different industry, different discipline, that For jumping and dressage you have only a couple of horses. If you have one lame horse, it's fifty percent lame performance you have. Where on the polo you keep always a couple of them as backup because you know these things happen when you go on competitions. Sure. So I think that's very important for dressage and jumping. They need to be very well kept. Mm -hmm. But also yes, you can train them not to be afraid of things which creates problems.
1: Yeah, Sure, sure. Well, take us over to India a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your unique background too. I, I think of India as a vast country where land is um, inexpensive and one could go there and raise horses on acres of land. And is that all true?
0: Uh, no, at the moment, mm. because, you know, we are, I, I don't know, maybe probably we're going to be the number one population, mm. which is the bad part, I would say, of our country, because... Day by day, the population is increasing and the opportunities are also increasing. Mm-hmm. The Challenges are there, but the land is going as expensive as, or probably I would say sometime it's more expensive than in London.
1: Than London. Is that yes, crazy?
0: Not even a metro city I'm talking about. There are places like uh, B-grade cities, just about like mm. 10 million people and above. The prices of those lands are so expensive. So yes, it's very, very tough at the moment to have a, big place, mm-hmm. thinking about farmhouse, it's something like only I think millionaires can think about it, not a normal person or anybody who you like to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very right
1: So it, you want to have horses in your life. You're from, what city are you from?
0: Yeah, I'm from basically from Himalaya. It's not Indian state called Himachal. It used to be a summer capital of British when we were in colonial time. Mm-hmm. I come from mountain. At the moment, I am working at New Delhi, which is the capital of India. New Delhi, the most, yeah. Most uh, busiest capital. We got twenty million plus population in that country, in that metropolitan city. Incredible. <laughs> I have my own four horses at the moment. Me and my wife, particularly my wife, she has a goal to improve the quality of like quality life of uh, indigenous horses. Wonderful. They've been actually initially bred for beauty and war horses. But now when we have all different horses for different McQuayan kind of sports, we would like to have our indigenous horses also participate in all yep. these kinds of disciplines.
1: That's a wonderful goal. What, when you say indigenous horses, will we recognize the breed names?
0: Yes, we have actually a couple of, like not couple, four or five different kinds of breeds, but the most known, three different, I would say, because two known for their safaris, beauty, and their curled ears, I'm mm-hmm. sure people must have seen, called marwari and Katyavari. These two horses, they're named after the region we have in the west, west of India, They come from very, very rich states in history. The history is very rich there, and the horse has been part of their history all the time. Still, those are the states these horses come from. And the third one is Mongolian ponies. They are like kind of, we call Manipuri ponies at the moment, where the polo started in India. Very similar to Mongolian ponies.
1: So short and round, and as we picture. Yes,
0: they're a bit mm-hmm. short, very hard in the mouth, because yeah. uh, it's a bit of a an, uh, an, uh, train of mountain. So that's why I think they just have a similar size like a Mongolian pony. Very mm-hmm. stocky.
1: Yeah. And, and what type do you have, then? You said you have four horses. I
0: have Marwadis. Marwadis.
1: Marwadis.
0: And I do have a rescue thoroughbred. She mm-hmm. plays polo, and now she's 14 years old. So the people didn't want to give it to any riding school. I think they had a bad experience before. And mm. they have seen the way we keep our horses. They say, why don't you take care of our horse and retire her? That's very nice. And we can't say no. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, no, you, you two couldn't, I'm sure. So you had the experience of having BBC come over. They were doing a ostensibly a story about... Um, people that are making a difference or something? Tell me, tell me that story.
0: Yes, it was uh, very fortunate that we got BBC World Travel Show traveling towards India and they wanted to have certain experience which is not there already in the country before. Mm. So they approached us and asked what we're doing there and the way we are training or working with people and working with animals, spreading actually the information and the knowledge which we needed at the moment in our country. So they wanted to come and cover our work, how we do it, and help us to send the word across, not only in India, but all the other Asian countries, because the work, the way we are doing it, I think we're the only one in that segment. And they came and recorded and did the presentation in their show. It was broadcasted, I think, for a couple of days in a week, a couple of hours, and uh, we got a lot of phone calls and now I have many people coming over this year and for volunteering and learning about how we yeah. are doing it.
1: That's fantastic. See, you're already making a huge influence and
0: I love I me. I'm very glad that it's happening. And I'm yeah.
1: Excited. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad it's happening to you too. I really am. And and tell us about those safaris now. This this gets my antennas up. <laughs> you, you you led some safaris in Mozambique? Do I remember that correctly?
0: Yes, we we were doing volunteer because we worked with a lady, uh, a couple basically, and their name is uh, Pat and Mandy. They are a very famous uh, writer. They wrote a book of 104 horses. Mm. They're the one, those who save 104 horses from Zimbabwe and smuggle them down to Mozambique. And they're the one who running now... Sea safari, like on the beach it 's a beautiful place, and they have a very nice yeah. safari on those red mountain beaches in Mozambique, where the color changes every fifteen minutes.
1: oh my goodness,
0: that sounds but awesome the, the, the thing which we wanted to go and see and learn from them that how did they, they had that kind of a courage to mm-hmm. save all these animals and bring it to one country another country, and they still have animals. From Thirty-six year old, thirty-eight year old, and wow. we saw May have been shot through her withers, mm-hmm. and she's still happy and riding and running up and down.
1: Riding her, huh?
0: Yes, I rode her, and yeah. fantastic, good-looking May.
1: Ah, that's great. I love those stories. I and I, you know, I'm a sucker for a rescue story for sure. But these are exotic. These are.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and she has a story in that book. It's incredible if you get a chance to read that.
1: Oh, we'll have to put a link to the book can you find it in this country
0: i'm sure it's in four horses i'm sure you can find it
1: yeah yeah, yeah. okay we'll, we'll put a link to that too so if somebody wanted to go on a safari over there you know say me what, what how would somebody get a hold of you to do that
0: i am the one at the movement working with the horses and anybody can contact me through social media or my contact numbers all, all over on our social media sites we have a different kind of safaris, not us, we don't do safaris, we just do a pleasure hack riding people, those who love animals, so we just take them with our animals. And, but we do have friends in India from where we learned and now they're learning from us and we're looking after animals together in a better way. They run safaris from one place to another place and it could go from five days to ten days and if somebody has only a weekend, can do also a weekend safari, go around a small village and come back and see the culture. Fantastic. So we do safaris with them and it's like an old, old history of ours when we used to travel on our horseback when there was no machines yeah. around to take us from one place to another place. I yeah. think it's fantastic. And we go through some def- beautiful dense and reserve forest where you could see still the paw mark of a jaguar or a leopard.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You can still see some wildlife. It's a fantastic experience.
1: It does sound like it. It sounds like it and and with you all leading it too, it's you know, it adds to the whole we know we're we're doing the right thing by our horses yes. to be on there yes. too.
0: Definitely. Whenever you were there, like anybody who can approach us, we will definitely love to help as much as we right.
1: can
0: and give them a proper guidance.
1: So do you think you have taken up Monty's mission to leave the world a better place for horses and or what is your vision for horses around ah, the definitely,
0: world? definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. And yes, one thing is to work with horses and make a place, better place for horses. And another thing, for the people, yes, that's what my point is. And that's what my now goal is to start a groom school.
1: A groom school? Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, okay. because the Christian sports are not the very high-level sports and well-reputed sports in India. Okay. the so people didn't have, that kind of opportunity to learn about it. So if we do not have a proper ferry school, if we do not have a groom school, so where we can educate them. And I would say in India, people, those who have horses, they are rich. Poor people cannot afford to have that kind of a horses. Only yeah. some people, those who run carts, they can afford. But they cannot even afford to have their lifestyle depend on the horses, what they bring it back. So we cannot expect them to go to a certain big school and, learn about it but there are certain people those who can send their people or they can go themselves and learn about it. So for that I would like to start a school and I am already in the procedure of it's going to be initially a charitable school where the people from background not a very sound financial background and didn't have much of education can come and learn a trade and learning of this trade in a better way and using it in a nicer way with the animals that's what First of my point is, and second thing is people do have all this money and they can import whatever kind of horse they can, but like a trophy for the kids. And later they are mishandled. Mm. So I would like to extend my services to them also, or a request actually, to send your staff and I will teach them.
1: Mm.
0: And it's not for to making a new business out of it. It's just helping these people to understand That's okay. yeah. They are the ones twenty four hours with the animal right that comes one hour in the morning one hour exactly day. They have no idea what's happening
1: exactly
0: the rest of twenty two hours I want somebody who look after animals
1: mm-hmm. yeah, who really gets it and understands it and I know so many grooms and we've been to South Africa and areas in Guatemala and Brazil where these people have the greatest love for horses and you know want the best for them but they don't have the understanding they don't have the education when you give them a little bit they just say like thank you you know like where has this been so I, I you know I love that too and I think you know your heart is going to just grow and explode from from all the good stuff that I know that you can do in these areas too and take your vision back
0: yes no, it's, it's very important I think we need to give our education to somebody who actually deserves it and take it further
3: mm mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think you two have started off the starting blocks really well. I'm so glad for your horses and I'm so glad for all those horses that are going to come within your influence too. And I I actually see that, you know, when you work with the, the people in the Horse Sense and Healing, veterans may not be, you know, U.S. veterans may not be completely relatable to your background, but I see your compassion and I see your love of the people and being able to share horses with them too. And I think there might be a little bit of that in your future in some form or another.
0: Um, definitely. I am quite unf- like looking forward to do certain kind of uh, good things, good deeds, because in India, I think when you compare Indian country, like that that segment of world to any other developed or advanced uh, segment of world, we are still not able to accept things there are certain things which humans need to accept it, that I need help. We're not able to get up and ask for help. Mm-hmm. So probably that's the segment which I would like to go and help mm-hmm. and tell, yes, it's, it's okay to ask for help.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's not uncommon the world over, yeah. I don't think. <laughs> but yeah. No, like it's
0: it's, our, we see yeah. there are things happening in our families, but we just find another solution. We just do not want to... Mm-hmm. rectify it. We just find ways to handle it, not to solve it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what I would like to do It. I like to touch it a little bit more. I like people to come up and discuss things. So at least if we discuss, it's much lighter. When we don't discuss, it's much more heavier for us and then for the world.
1: Mm. And discussing and communicating is really what you guys are so good at. And so we're going to have to follow your career and this wonderful world that you're changing in front of you and with a smile on your face and a calm demeanor all along people are going to love you so thank you thank you manji for joining us today yeah yeah and now i release you to go have some lunch you poor thing i know you've been working all morning i so appreciate you being with us on horsemanship radio
0: thank you debbie you have
3: a good day thank
1: you you. bye Cavallo, Horse, and Rider, Carol, and Greg Giles, too, have been longtime supporters of the Horsemanship Radio, and we thought, you know what better way to show how their support goes than through the people who buy their boots. So we have this from Brenna Eldridge on a Facebook post. I could not be happier with my decision to transition my horse to barefoot and choosing Cavallo for his hoof protection. I always thought my horse just had bad feet and that he would always be lame barefoot until I realized that I was enabling that dependency. By allowing his feet to adapt back to the way that they were naturally intended, his feet have become strong and he now seems perfectly comfortable barefoot. With the added weight of a rider on rough terrain, I invested in my first pair of Cavallo boots. I went with the Trek boots, and they fit him perfectly. I was able to do anything that I could do in metal shoes, and I have no longer stress over him losing a metal shoe and damaging his hoof when removed. The Cavallo boots have provided him greater shock absorbencies when riding on hard ground, and so far, whether it be on trails or in the arena, he seems extremely comfortable in his boots. I do a variety of riding, including trails, gaming, and drill, and I'm excited to get into the gaming season to put truly those boots to test i believe that in horsemanship you have to pick methods that make the most sense to you and for me that is the naturality of barefoot and the protection of the cavallo boots brenna Monty Roberts was recently invited to Windsor Castle to facilitate another horse sense and healing clinic for veterans with post-traumatic stress, this time in front of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth of England. As a child, Monty discovered that horses have a communication system that is silent based on body language, like signing for the deaf. He named this Equus, and we can use his discovery by practicing his training technique called Join Up, which creates a partnership with your horse. Monty travels the world demonstrating that nonviolent, gentle training creates breakthrough performance as you partner with your horse. Well, welcome, Dad, Monty Roberts. We caught up with you on the road. How are you doing?
3: Debbie, I'm doing fine, but its I'm really getting tired, and I don't get tired. And then I have something happen that sparks my energy and away I go again. Uh, so no,
1: I don't know it, how you do it. None going, of us know how you do it.
3: Well I don't know how I do it, but I, I have just have to tell you that helping veterans and getting them through post traumatic stress is the most gratifying thing I've ever done in my life, bar none. Mm-hmm. And to do it in a kind of a partnership with the the person that I consider to be the most influential world leader we've ever known the world has ever known is just that much better Mm -hmm. and yeah I was I was so lucky to win 11 world championships but I wouldn't I give all of them away for one human life and Mm -hmm. um, there is no such thing as a disorder in PTSD it's an injury and it heals Mm -hmm. And we're seeing it heal, Debbie. We've just had one down at Bovington in the South before I met with her majesty. And it was fantastic. There was 10 of them. And the ring around the rosy at the end of it was just the most gratifying thing Mm -hmm. you've ever heard. And I spoke with Ellie, the admin person for our team over here in the UK, and she said that the... um, Early signs on the empirical study done at the end of the three-day clinic mm-hmm. were just outstanding. She said oh, that okay. I would be very happy with the results. They haven't finalized the results mm-hmm. yet, but um, my word. But she's um,
1: looking at that. She's looking keep, at their if feedback.
3: Keep, uh, mm-hmm. If we keep having the kind of results that we've had in the past, to so let's say ten clinics. It's just going to be one of the most amazing things to ever happen in this world of helping veterans.
1: Well, it's amazing what you've been able to do. Now four countries. We've seen you add Ireland on this trip. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. But I sent you some statistics to show to Her Majesty. Did you get those yet? Okay,
3: good. I got those. I got those. and, And that's fine. And we did Northern Ireland which is a part of the UK. But we we had one there. And, you know, I have to tell you that we are so devoid of information about Northern Ireland, you just can't Mm. believe it. Yes, I think most people in California believe that the problems in Northern Ireland are all over and have been over for years. Mm. And they are still going on. We have people in Northern Ireland that are going out every morning and crawling under their car to be sure Mm. there's not a bomb attached to it. And we have people that are uh, being threatened every day. If they don't do a certain thing, their house will be blown up and stuff Mm. like that.
1: It's still a Um, war. They're They're still fighting a war over there. Very much, They're still
3: fighting a war over there. They really are. And I'm sure Her Majesty knows about it, but... The one we just, um, the meeting we just had, uh, wasn't open to that kind of discussion. It was Mm -hmm. very limited and very fast, but I think very effective. And uh, so we'll we'll see what the results are from this. But, you know, uh, this lady at 93 years of age, to put the kind of effort that she's putting into Mm -hmm. the HELP, that these people need is just mind boggling. Mm -hmm. And you see so many people that are able-bodied and in their sixties or something, retired officers and stuff that, you know, they'll help a little here and there, but this lady is on it like magnet. And she Mm -hmm. is really encouraging the people to help. uh, I'm just such a fan. It's incredible.
1: Did you use her horses for these events, for these horse sense and healing clinics, or whose horses are
3: they? They're a combination of of people that Terry Pendry knows, and Terry Pendry is the uh, stud groom to the Queen, mm-hmm. and was on tour with me in 1989 when I first came yeah. over here,
0: yeah. and
3: is as close a friend as you could imagine. And he's the only person to ride with the Queen since I met her in 1989. Mm -hmm. And um, Meaning that
1: she she doesn't go riding without Terry, correct? So those photos that we see... She does not go
3: riding without Terry. And he's the one you see every time you see her riding. And uh, she has specifically said that if anything should ever happen to Terry, she won't ride again. So... She really relies on him, and he, he's just a wonderful human being that could have retired probably 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But he's just so dedicated to Her Majesty that he mm-hmm. is still there and still rides That's with her. Great. And his wife, Sue, I saw her today,
1: Oh, God. and
3: she says, oh, I don't know when Terry's going to retire, but he won't retire if Her Majesty if continues doesn't. to ride. So. <laughs> I love it, that. it's great. It, it both each one is keeping the other going, you know,
1: exactly. on their horses, which is the best part. So tell me a little yeah. bit about horses and veterans. Everybody who listens to this show knows so much about the horses and healing. But how are the veterans different in Ireland besides what you already described that they're still living the war? How was their receptivity to the horses? Were they familiar with horses? Was this a well, new thing Debbie, I
3: have to tell you that their um, connection with the horses, You know, Ireland is a a country country and they're they're born with horses all around them. And these people just locked onto this horse thing like crazy. And they they didn't even know how much they knew about a horse and the horses didn't bother them like fear or anything, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was very, very effective. A lot of them said they hadn't been around a horse since they were 12 years old or 10 years old or something like that, you know. But they were all with horses as children in the north of Ireland. That's just the way it is.
4: Mm -hmm. And
3: we saw an enormous change in these people. Now, you asked me the difference about Northern Ireland, though, and here comes the difference. The difference is that this post-traumatic stress is from your neighbors. Mm -hmm. This post-traumatic stress is from people that look like you, talk like you. And you think might be a friend. Mm. It is across the street kind mm. of uh, acrimony. And that that's the worst kind. Mm. They are frightened of their friends. And yeah. they are not particularly military. We had military people, but is it a military? It's more like police. Mm. And it's more like people on the streets against the police. Mm. And we had police and military in a combination Mm -hmm. over there. And you couldn't tell one from another, you know, whether they had on when they were working a military suit or a police suit. What's the difference? It's a war.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And they represent something.
3: It's a war with people that, you you know, you know from across the road.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Uh,
3: or just just over the border or something like that. And then so you'll say that mm-hmm. that the government is supporting the terrorists. Yeah. And you go to the next one and he says that the government is supporting the other side. Mm-hmm. And I don't know which side is the terrorists and which side is the is the civilians. Yeah.
1: Pers- but and the horses the don't either. They don't yeah. know
3: it either. Yeah and the what?
1: horses don't the horses don't know either so we should be having horses yeah. on both both sides of this equation i think right
3: Yeah we had some wonderful horses for them they were typically these little uh, gypsy horses you know Banners. stocky little guys with pajamas uh-huh. on their legs Yeah <laughs> and and gosh they were good they really seemed to understand the problem they had and they really helped the people and we we had some people dire in dire need and at the end of three days it was a magical improvement Mm -hmm. and I have to say that Claire is a new member of the team. This is her first one to do out there apart from California, you know.
2: Mm -hmm. Claire Conahan in
3: school Mm -hmm. yeah Claire Conahan she was in school the last one she helped with there in California. Right. And now she's in her home country in Northern Ireland. And oh boy, she really got some fans, and they're going to have more of them up there. You can bet on that. Great. You know, we're 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 well over a thousand uh, people that we've worked with now. Mm-hmm. And if you go back, Debbie, before we started taking those tests and filling out these forms and meeting with the people that do these testings, if you go back before that, we're probably over two thousand people that we've worked with, mm-hmm. and. It's more than four countries because now Germany is in there, the U.K. Right. is in there, Northern Ireland is in there, Australia, Canada's yes. in there.
2: Yes.
3: And we even have Miguel down in Brazil, and that's uh, right. That's and right. And we have Katie Cunningham in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And I know that, that their work is primarily with domestic abuse, but isn't that a war too? It is, and, uh, absolutely. It's the same post-traumatic stress syndrome, and not a disorder, but an injury. And mm-hmm. injuries heal and disorders don't. So it's yeah. not PTSD. And I'll be, I'll, the rest of my clinics, I'll, I will be honing in on that one. And I certainly let them know when I met with the Queen recently that it is not a disorder. It is a healing injury. Mm-hmm. And we can help you heal that injury. Yeah. Jerry Pendry was just fantastic with his generosity to get us horses that were just fantastic. And remember that we had a horse, and I'll tell you more about it later because it's it's quite profound. But one uh, veteran with two crutches that go right up his entire arm, and he's had him on for 17 years. And this horse just loved him to death, no. crutches and all. and yeah. it was it was really something to see,
1: well, you're in Windsor right now, so we get a perspective here. You're staying near Windsor Castle, correct?
3: Uh, no, I've already done Windsor Castle,
1: okay, I thought you were just past that though, so so you've got on, we're but just you were
3: past in- it We're just yeah. past uh-huh. it, and we have another one coming up in Kent. Right, and, and that right. that's on down the line a little bit. Hadlow College in Kent,
1: right? What what was special yeah. about the Windsor meeting? I mean, you have meetings with Her Majesty, well, and you've been to Windsor, but
3: yeah, and it was right there in the same spot where I worked the first horses in the UK in 1989, 30 years ago. Wow. And and to be there and to watch these veterans doing the thing that I did 30 mm. years before yeah. in that exact same spot with the queen sitting right there oh my where gosh. she sat yeah. before, it would just stem the hair up on the back of your neck, you know, to think about that. And now I, I have far fewer critics standing there with their arms folded saying, oh, it must be a trick and right. stuff like that. Including um,
1: Terry Pendry, actually.
3: <laughs> including Terry Pendry, who, who really thought it was a trick. He thought I had some kind of tranquilizer in my pockets and stuff like that. And, <laughs> Which uh, would have knocked you out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, 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 and now that same building is full of believers that are watching after 30 years of successful, you know, 4,000 horses in front of public audiences. And Her Majesty encouraging me to do this in 44 countries. Yeah. It's just overwhelming and I just can't thank God enough for keeping me alive to through eighty four to to do this, you know. Well you gotta
1: keep up with so, her. You, you know, Ed. She's I gotta say, keep
3: up with her. It up. And You're... I can't I can't complain about being right. eighty four when she's ninety three. <laughs> exactly. So I, exactly. I just have to keep going. But we what go is... from here to Germany. Uh-huh. And okay. Debbie, they're going to make a movie of Lomitas, of
0: so which I'm
3: so excited about. And yeah. did you let them know that I want to help with that movie and I want it to yes. be for real? I want it to really be exactly as it was. Did you let them know?
1: Jakobs. I did. I wrote to Andreas Jakobs and, and, you know, and basically saying, let's not... Let's not, not underestimate the the real story and the drama that comes from an authentic story as opposed to like a horse whisperer. Sorry about that. But, exactly. you know, they missed the mark. They missed the mark. They missed what really horses do for people in those earlier exactly. movies. So, yes.
3: Exactly. I just keep thinking about things that happened The people holding babies out over the fence and saying, Lomi, 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 you're you're a hero. You beat the system, Lomi. And I remember that the jockeys did a boycott that they wouldn't let me go in last. I had to go in the starting stall first. You know, little things that I think that the movie would be so visible and so real for a viewing audience that I want to help with it. Yes.
1: You've actually just been asked to be in another movie, too. You don't know this yet, but it's called Awesome Gal, and it's about the Tennessee walking horse plight and um, how you've gone in to help them out. And there's already a trailer for it, and they're very excited to meet with you when you get back.
3: Oh, good. Um, Yeah, you know, what right did we ever have to take that wonderful breed and put it through the awful antagonistic way that we've treated those horses for I don't know what 60 70 80 years now yeah. that uh, we've had false feet on them we've had feet that stand up eight ten inches longer than they're supposed to be so that they have more weight on them and lift their legs higher and they they've done some terrible things to soar the legs so that the horses uh, give a higher um, stride to their walk and other gates. And um, we just don't have the right to do those things. And it isn't necessary. If we do things in a natural way, there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. But you can't ask pain to to be a part of demanding from a horse things that we never should go for. Yeah. And that, in, yes. that includes speed in a race that we think we, we're we getting them to run faster when we use certain techniques, drugs on them to get them to go faster, drugs to, to stop down the pain so that they can finish the race, but then break a leg off before they get there. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I love Norway's answer to all of this, to the whips anyway, that the Norway people got together and they voted you can use your whips take your whips with you it's just fine you can hit your horse as much as you want but if either one of your hands leave the reins right you're disqualified immediately so genius so <laughs> the whips now stay in the jocks room and they don't even take them to the race doesn't and yet they still yeah. have a winner and they still have a loser uh-huh. right and That's they're right. actually running the races in about the same time's Mm -hmm. And uh, what have we been thinking about?
1: Well, and they're going to keep their racing industry. So I hope that uh, we can keep ours.
3: Exactly. And remember this, that a good trainer can make a horse do almost anything he wants him to. But the great trainer can cause the horse to want to do it. And you think about it yourself. If you're going to work because you want to, and you're you're proud of the work you're doing, and you want to go do it, you're going to do a better job than if you're going there because you think you're going to get hurt or not get your check if you don't go there. If you're doing it through force, you will not do as good a job. And and why haven't we seen that in our work with horses?
1: I don't know. Honestly, I'm the wrong person and, to ask.
3: And, and Debbie, what about this mother of yours? Ah, she's incredible. She's she's
1: beating all the kids. And the kids are in their 60s, I guess. I don't
3: yeah, yeah, the kids are in their sixties, and um, and and the, they tell me that it's about sixty-one that is the oldest right human a, that has won this last contest that Next she to won, her. and she uh-huh. wins it at eighty-two years of age. Oh, you said it out loud, and running and sliding and stuff. You know, I I I just I don't know. I hope that some of that comes from what's rubbed off me, but. I'm not taking any credit for it. She is amazing what she's doing.
1: Both of you and your uh, DNA is, is incredible. But I think she doesn't have any bad habits growing up around you. So I think, you know, and you didn't meet till the third well, fourth
3: grade. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I promise you one thing. This lady has won what she's won at eighty two without ever whipping her horse or
4: that's or true. causing
3: him any pain in any way. She gets it. And anybody that would come around to cause him pain would be in big trouble with her. I would worry for them, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You know, and and she has her ways to discipline him. And I've watched her do it. I've made recommendations to her, but I walk away, and a husband can't teach a wife anyway, so (laughs) I leave it alone. And I'm just amazed at what she's done. Here I am, 84, and Uh, you know I retired from competition 50 years ago (laughs) really did 50 years ago Um, so uh, I think you have to say that causing the horse to want to do it has rubbed off on her and her 82 years to the extent that she's gone out and she's beating people in their 20s and 30s it's just absolutely amazing.
1: It's really fun. It's really fun. And I know it's, you're late there. I'm calling you in England and it's, you know, near, near bedtime here. And uh, so we're, we're fortunate to get you. I wanted to be the first to announce though, that in November you haven't, heard this yet in november you're you have a sellout in poland the whole arena the stadium is sold out and so we've gone to a second day on sunday and i wanted you to be the first to know that we just literally made the decision yesterday
4: did you you let
3: joe know that
1: no you're the first to hear it seriously she's actually making the tickets available in the next couple of days so it is a little but by the time this podcast comes out it'll be up and running but i just wanted you to know that while we were on the phone
3: well, thank you. How, what's the crowd count the cap- on the building?
1: The capacity is about twelve hundred.
3: It's twelve hundred, and it's sold out once, and they're selling it again.
1: Oh yeah, and they'll they'll do a larger VIP on this one and sell that out first. You know, because she's bringing in yeah. some TV stars, three different celebrities, and and making okay. it a little different. We'll get some join ups with and, them. So
3: yeah. And tell me this: do do we have a separate contract for that second time?
1: Yes, we do.
3: Oh, yes. good. Yeah. Is it as good as the first one?
1: Yes, it is. Yeah.
4: <laughs> oh, good. Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's great. Well, yeah. I think Joe will be happy to hear that. She'll get a, a little extra That's drop great. in the bucket. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. she, Magda's doing a good job. Thanks, Dad. Th- thanks for joining us, too. And I, yeah. I wanted- and,
3: and this Neil McLean here, I've got him sitting up in the middle of the night in his, in his house, and he's put me up here. And it's beautiful, and you can just walk over to Windsor Castle, you know. And so I'm in good hands, and uh, please remember uh, Neil at Christmas time or
2: something, Uh, because it's been
3: great. I took took him to a—he took me, and I got the dinner, a very nice Indian restaurant here in in Windsor down the— down the high street here.
1: Perfect, uh, you got your tonight. you got your Indian. That's great.
3: <laughs> I got my Indian. Yeah. Oh, you and, know, I, uh, I have to tell you too. He does I was... vindaloo?
1: Oh, vindaloo. Perfect. How did he, he know? Does
3: vindaloo? A a Brit. A Brit does vindaloo, and he's off to on Monday. He's he's off to Dubai, and he'll be. Seeing Satish down. I'll okay. let you go now.
1: Okay. I just wanted to make sure that you weren't going to move on us. I, I got a couple of different people wrote us and said that the queen was offering a job for 22,000 pounds a year with the accommodation included, which means you you live at Buckingham Palace. And they actually showed the photo of you and Camilla and majesty when we were at Buckingham Palace for that event. So it looked okay. like you were applying for the job. <laughs>
3: I wanted to make sure you weren't moving. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll let you know. I'll let you know more in the future because I think more is going to happen.
1: I'm excited about that. Please. Yeah. Think of us and your certified instructors. You know what I mean?
3: Oh, I I, I know that. And I've got some thoughts on that for you, but it's not easy.
1: I know, but I want you to think about it. Okay. Thank you. I know. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah, you. You. good night.
2: Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty.
4: Leave this world a better place in moon. The magic in the language of the herd. Dear Monty. My horse refuses to accept a turnout rug. I have been kicked several times and my hands have been burned because the horse bolts away from me as I attempt to put the rug over the body. He has pulled back and broken the tie several times. Please help me. Monty's answer. This problem exists worldwide. I should be clear that I recommend one never place the first rug or blanket on a horse that is tied up. It is also true that one should never tie up a horse for rugging if there is any anticipation of trouble at all. If one discovers a fear of the rug, then there should be no attempt to rug up until there's a certainty that all fear is alleviated. Carry out all the procedures that I recommend for the spooky horse, including join-up, training to the dually halter, plastic bags on a stick, and even a large tarpaulin. Once you are proficient in applying my concepts regarding spooky horses, then I advise you to repeat these processes until it is possible to cover a horse in a plastic tarpaulin without evoking spooky behavior. Anyone reasonably familiar with the proper handling of horses can get it done in two or three half-hour sessions. The dually halter should be used to educate the horse to cooperate with the halter rather than to resist it. Plastic bags should be presented to the horse so that he learns to relax, which causes the bag to go away. This should be repeated until several plastic shopping bags fixed to the end of a light bamboo cane can be rapidly moved towards the horse, stroking the body and legs, even up between the hind legs. When the horse subject will allow the plastic bags to fly up all about him and touch him over his entire anatomy, then one is ready to move on to the the plastic tarp. It can be rubbed over the horse at first and then spread out on the ground to walk over. The Dooley halter will greatly assist with cooperation during this process. At that point, one can begin to place the tarp over the horse, first rolled up to reduce the stimulus and eventually wide open and tossed over the horse, the same as one would do with a rug.
1: For more of these insights into good horsemanship, Go to www.montyroberts.com and click on the orange banner that says Get Free Horse Tips.
3: Hi, I'm Monty Roberts, and I'm dedicated to training horses without pain. You can learn to do it, too, on my Equus Online University. Western, English, the beginner, or the advanced rider. It doesn't matter. You can connect with other students online, too, on our forums. And there's a new lesson every week. It's a lifetime of learning for you on my Equus Online University at MontyRoberts.com What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts?
1: Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged, as he closes out 2019 with November 16 and 17, Monty Roberts' tour in Warsaw, Poland. He hasn't been there for a while. It's sellout crowds. Really exciting. And then he ha- comes back just in time for a little Thanksgiving turkey, and then we have a Horsensen Healing Clinic, too, for our veterans and first responders at Flag Up Farms in Solvang on December 13, 14 and 15
2: perfect and you can find all of that and more on the website montyroberts.com that's where he stores everything cool and interesting and educational from the world of monty roberts or you can call the fine folks at flag is up farms and the phone number is 805-688-6288 that's right 805-688-6288 dun 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 (laughs) for details about today's show You can go to horsemanshipradio.com and you're going to find links and you're going to find photos about today's guests and topics. And speaking of topics, a great place to talk about topics, see topics, and suggest topics is on Facebook. And on Facebook, you're going to look up Monty Roberts and you're going to click on the one that has the little blue circle because that's the official page if Facebook is still doing that these days. Yeah, there. And you can join the fun there. You can follow it. You can like it and see what's going on. And Monty Roberts is also on Twitter. His handle is Monty underscore Roberts, as it is on Instagram. Get the app. You can have the app with you wherever you go on your cell phone, whether it's an Android or an iPhone. And you can help your friends download it, too. Just go to the App Store and search Horse Radio Network. It's easy to use. It is. I wish I had one when I grew up. So many thanks
1: to our sponsors, too. That's Cavallo Horse and Rider, our show sponsor. And then our title sponsor is Omega Fields. And then the reason we're here is com. Be sure to visit all the other great shows, too, on the Horse Radio Network at com. Until next time, have many happy horse hours.